You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Our young men in the church are sexually broken before they reach adulthood. And what is it doing to the church? Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. Well, it is Momentum, and once again, it is uh, Tim and Dez with you. Wherever you are around Australia tuning in, we really, really appreciate you doing that, spending some time with us today, and we got another great show on the way for you too, so stay tuned. In the meantime, MomentumAustralia.org is our website. Just jot that down and have a squeeze around the website a bit later. And you might see also that uh, we've got a new number on there. It's one 800 636 It is a Momentum Care Line. Wherever you are, uh, whatever time of day it is, if you've got some stuff you'd like to chat to someone about confidentially, you can ring that number and have a chin wag and get some stuff off your chest. Encourage you to do that. one 800 636 We at Momentum always encourage men reaching out, getting connected and having a conversation if you need to do that. Okay, but welcome back to this week's show. Last week we had Cindy McGarvey on the show talking about Lost Boys Bring Them Home, her book. Cindy is the National Director for Youth for Christ Australia, but has been stirred to write this incredible book. And we encourage you last week to grab yourself a copy. And the key things that the book addresses, suicide, depression, anxiety, pornography, addiction, fatherlessness, and the feminization of young men. Officially, before we launch into the show, Des and Cindy, welcome. Great to have you back, Cindy. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, it's good to be here. Just the 1-800 number. It's easy to remember. If you remember, it's one 800 triple zero men so you remember that it's very easy to remember the number for old blokes like me (laughs) so cindy welcome back it's great to have you on the show again great to be here so cindy last week we we touched on a couple of topics from the book and the the one was the feminization of young men and we we touched on fatherlessness but look let's be honest um one of the key things that is is plaguing our young men and society in general is pornography and, you know, we talked about um, feminism a bit in the last show. And I want to kind of quote what you said in the book because it leads into where we're going this week. And it says, one of the key goals of toxic feminism when it first began in the 60s was to destroy monogamy and instead to promote promiscuity, eroticism, prostitution and homosexuality. I mean, it's fair to say then that, you know, our culture and society has become more and more sexualized, the way we dress, etc. And of course, the access to pornography of all different types and um, strengths, I suppose, if you want to say that. And you write that research shows that one in every 10 visitors of porn sites is under 10 years old. Mm. Let's just start with that. That's a shocking statistic that that boys under 10 are accessing this kind of stuff. Yeah, it is a shocking stat. And Last week, when I talked about what led me to write the book Lost Boys, I spoke about when we returned from Africa in 2010 and we noticed there was such a change in our young men. One of the biggest significant things that happened was in 2005, the smartphones came out where Mm. they could access the internet and things like that. Mm. And so that's when um, all these young guys, and you, you know how kids are so tech savvy Mm. that's when they all started accessing porn online and so that that i believe was one significant thing that affected our young men so i interviewed a whole bunch of young guys for the book and they were in their 20s and they told me when they first came across porn was mostly 
around primary school age and mostly around six to seven years of age. So that was wow. 20 years ago when the, wow. you know, the horses are already bolted. Yeah. Mm. But stats say, when you read research stats say, some say 13, some say nine. But, um, yeah, so these little kids and 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 this is what the young guys told me. They said things like they carried this deep, deep shame because they were secretly looking at porn and they didn't know where to go with it. Mm-hmm. They had no one to talk to. They didn't know where to go with it. Um, some of them actually saw their dad's magazine, so. Oh. Yeah. There was online stuff, but and and these were all people in the church. Wow, wow! They were all raised Christian, but most of them said that they were introduced to porn by their friends at school. Yeah. Now, if you think about it, for an adult to go onto school grounds to do some something, uh, we have to have a working with children check. Mm. And what I'm finding now that mothers are telling me that they've discovered their boys are um, looking at porn, all of those sort of things, and they are being introduced to porn by their friends. And so the biggest pushes of porn are other kids at school. And, of course, the, the, the pressure and the stigma that that comes with, I suppose, then, right, the, or, or the, the normalization then that this is where everybody's doing it. So whether I have a faith or I don't, you know, this is this is what we do at my age. This is what my peers are doing. And so it's normal that we should do this, even though deep down I may struggle with a sense of shame because I know, if, especially if I've been brought up in the church, that what I'm doing is wrong. And yet all of my friends are normalizing what I'm doing and this is normal behavior. I mean that must be so confronting for our young our young men and our kids. And conflicting, like an internal conflict as well, particularly if they're growing up in the church. Yeah. Um, and particularly if they because it's so addictive, they say it's more addictive than heroin. And so particularly if they're getting addicted and they don't know where to go with it and what to do, and this you know, causes depression. All of them said that they were depressed. But one young man told me, um, he had battled with it so much. And he said he went, as a young man, he went into his church to ask, uh, to find a man to help him. And he said every man he went to to talk about it, each man said, oh, well, you know, we all struggle with that sort of thing. Wow. No one could give him an answer to be able to have victory over that. Yes. Mm. He just said that was so devastating for him. Not one single man in his church that he approached could give him an answer to what he was struggling with. And also, I mean, the impact of that on sisters, on females in the school, female friends, I mean, the whole thing turns toxic. Yeah, yeah. And so... Prolonged use of pornography, particularly from childhood, produces a callousness in attitude toward women. Yes. And not only that, it affects relationships. So they all told me that it affected their relationship with girls. Yes. That at school, on the playground, if they were talking to a girl, all these images would flood into their mind and they'd feel deeply ashamed and embarrassed and they couldn't hold conversations Mm. with girls. And um, I hear, like, my daughter... 
um, she's 21 and she, they've been talking, her and her friends been talking about this for a number of years. And they said um, about the youth groups from our perspective, we know that years ago, maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago, we used to say, yeah, it's unlikely that a guy in a youth group would be looking at porn. Well, now we say it's unlikely that a guy in a youth group that is not looking at porn. That's, mm-hmm. that's the general thing. So these the girls tell me that when they go to church, the boys, they're just immature. They can't look a girl in the eye. They can't mm-hmm. hold conversation and all of this sort of thing. And this mm. is what boys tell me when they've been addicted to porn. And yeah. so um, my daughter says, yeah, um, he's he's into porn, he's into porn, you know, that sort of thing. Wow. So our young men in the church are sexually broken before they reach adulthood, mm. let alone marriage. And what is it doing to the church? So, Cindy, g- given that, right, what can parents do? What can friends do? What can churches do to start to address this issue? Because it's, you know. Well, a lot of the young guys tell me just start talking about it. Yeah. Just talk about it openly all the time. And it's been able to flourish because it's in secrecy, it's in shame, all of those sort of things. And these are the things that are dominating the lives of young people, even young people at school. They're always talking about what the latest porn things they watch. I know my daughter was in a public school and she said every break the guys had their phones out looking at porn and even the girls were doing it. And so everyone is talking about it except the church. Yes. Mm. We uh, parents need to be very much aware of what um, technology they're looking at. A grandma told me that she found her grandson who was three, that he had his dad's phone and he was he knew exactly how to get porn. Wow. And wow. so it, it's it's just everywhere. Uh, and don't um, presume. Yes. So you need to be talking about it. You need to be talking about what um, what pornography is. Um, if what what should you do if one of your friends show you pornography, uh, the effects of pornography, all of that sort of thing? It's really ugly to have to start teaching your little children yeah. those sort of things. Yes, mm. it needs to be talked about front and center in the church. Yes, Cindy, we're going to give you guys a bit of a plug here, and I don't know if it's um, premature to do this right now, but um, as the national director for Youth for Christ Australia, you've told us off air that you, you guys have actually done. Uh, you've recorded a pornography course, um, if that's the right phrase. Can you just tell us a bit more about what you've done and we can at least um, let the guys know listening right now that there is something that is coming that is available to them that might help them in this space. Yeah, so we have this program called uh, What's Normal and it's a program that uh, speaks to the sexualized culture. So it's it's pornography, it's uh, the narratives of the world, all of those sort of things. It's particularly for young people, but it's for everyone. And this it's due to be released probably in December, and it's going to be made available on our website, Youth for Christ. And so, um, and we we just finished a whole bunch of filming. We filmed a twenty uh, 10, 20 minute videos. And we're going to make it available for 
fathers or parents to run through this 10-week or a 10-session video series or for Christian schools or uh, youth groups. Great. So we will we will keep you up to date with that on Momentum and we'll let you know. We'll stay in touch with Cindy and we will be able to point you to that when that is available for you. Cindy, you mentioned something there and I think before we go into the break, let's just touch on this because you said that a lot of our kids, particularly young men, are sexually broken before they even get married, before they even step into relationships. They've already formed this relationship with pornography and so their, their lens and their filter about women and what is a healthy, active, sexual life, especially when you compare it to the Bible, is completely skewed. L- let's fast forward that then, um, because, you know, when these guys, if they don't deal with this, if they take that into then their 20s and then their married life and their adulthood and then how they parent from that space, if they don't deal with it, what have you seen or what do you think will be some of the effects of that if this doesn't this trend of this pornography thing being so toxic in men's lives, if we don't deal with that, what's the long-term effects of that, do you think? Well, I think the research says that the result of watching pornography, consuming pornography over all time or whatever, it produ- there is a lack of being able to be intimate with a woman. And so that is a very important thing, obviously, in marriage. There, oh goodness, there's there's so many things um, that it does to the person who consumes porn. They carry a deep sense of shame. They also uh, believe, I was reading recently some research that said that they believe that my highest need is sex and no woman will be able to fulfill my highest need. Mm. In a marriage, that just means you'll never be fulfilled. So you need other things to help fulfill you. And so their expectations will never be met because they've got this image of, you know, an intimate relationship and what pornography leads them to expect. Hmm. Yes. Interestingly, I have a friend who does counselling for domestic violence. And they have a list of, I think, about six things that are triggers. Hmm. Uh, signs of domestic violence and one of them is if if the husband if the man in the domestic violence situation is looking at porn Mm. and so um that is one of one of the markers and so it's just common knowledge in those who are in that domestic violence counseling space cindy as we go to the break one of the things you mentioned when you interviewed the young men in preparation for your video series was that A lot of them struggled with depression as a result of looking at pornography. And this is another chapter in your book, Depression and Anxiety. So as we go to a break, let's think about that and come back and talk about the effects of this on our young men too. We're chatting with Cindy McGarvey. Cindy's the National Director for Youth for Christ Australia. And we're referring to her book, Lost Boys, Bring Them Home. Uh, In the meantime, as we take a short break, love you to check out our website, MomentumAustralia.org. We're going to come back with Cindy real soon. You're listening to Momentum a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. 
All right, well, thanks for tuning back into Momentum. Tim and Dave's with you once again for the second part of the show. And our special guest is Cindy McGarvey. She's the National Director for Youth for Christ Australia. And over the last couple of shows, we've been talking about Lost Boys, Bring Them Home. It is her incredible book. Uh, if you missed the first show, by the way, MomentumAustralia.org, you can find the first show there. Uh, look, we've come off the back of the break of um, Cindy talking about, I suppose, pornography and, and how it is running through not just our young people outside of the church, but in the church. And you were just saying off air that, um, you know, kids at, at school are taught that pornography is, I suppose, in some degree healthy, but certainly normal, that this is a normal, healthy thing to do. Um, did did that surprise you when you found that out? Yeah, I've known that for a good number of years, but um, I find it really devastating because, you know, we know we've just talked about all the side effects of watching porn and um, consuming porn, and particularly its detriment to relationships and that sort of thing. But yeah, when when it's taught that it's just healthy, that's what you hear all the time. This is just healthy. Um, if I hadn't watched porn, I wouldn't know what sex was. I wouldn't have known that I was gay. There's so much in that about um, how kids are taught their sex education through pornography. You also mentioned that, um, you know, obviously some of the side effects are, and we've talked about the physical side effects on men, but let's talk about the relational aspect of that too and how um, young men are less likely, I suppose, to commit to a woman because of the fact that they've got this side relationship, if you like, with pornography. And and you, I remember you, you told us a story off air, so I'd love you to share the story, how you spoke into, a, a, I think it was a men's group or a young man's group at church, um, and there were some interesting responses. Just, yeah, tell us that story. Yeah, well, um, I recently spoke at a, a church service uh, with young people, mostly young men. And I could see there was a lot of young men um, really shuffling in their seats. I was um, speaking directly to them about the man drought in the church, the lack of godly, good, godly Christian men and marriageable men, you know, Mm. that the girls are saying that there's no young men who will commit to marriage, Mm. you know, and I also told them how they couldn't look uh, a girl in the face, you know, like my daughter who goes to a um, youth group and young, young adult groups, they always know that the, uh, if a guy is looking at porn because they can't look at them in the face. And so as I was just sharing this, I was saying, you know, Girls are finding that guys are looking for someone like a mother, someone to mother them. They don't need a girl for their intimate life because they have Tinkerbell on the side, which is <laughs> pornography, mm. and they can have a different Tinkerbell every day, numerous times a day if they want. And so why should they commit? And they're not committing. Mm. And that is a tragedy in the church. A tragedy, not even in, as well as in the church, in society. It's a terrible blight on marriage, on relationships, on the natural order of things, if I could put it that way. What was the response from the young men when you spoke so openly and honestly, particularly in a church setting? And you, you said you could see them shuffling in their, in their seats during, which is good, right? I mean, we need this. This is why, you know, Des and I, particularly with Momentum, we love to talk about topics that not necessarily make people squirm, but we don't like to talk about. And we're, you know, it's like, well, we need to talk about them. So 
obviously you could see them squirming, but w- what happened afterwards when, you, um, when you'd finished? Did they come up to you? Did they have conversations with you? Did they thank you for being so open and honest? What was their response? Yeah, well, that was the very first time that I felt like I had to admonish and um, they came up to me afterwards and uh, mostly the words were, well, you really shoot straight, don't you? Um, that, <laughs> sort of, that sort of talk. This is what I find. They really want to tell you that they're looking at porn. Mm, wow. They're carrying this burden and this shame. And I found that as I've talked to different people, um, different young people, they want to tell you. They want to get it off their chest. Hmm. So, like, there was this one young guy. I could tell immediately that he wanted to tell me, but there were people around and he just stayed around and stayed around. And anyway, he didn't get the opportunity to share because there were other people, but I said to him, um, you know, whatever his name was, you need to stop looking at porn. I just, you know, had, and he he just shook his head and and whatever. But... Most of the other occasions when I talk about this and give a presentation that's based on my book, Lost Boys, I tell you the amount of men that come to me and talk to me afterwards, the amount of women is incredible because they always tell me I've got a lost boy or or whatever. However, the amount of men and one of the testimonies that I heard that was the biggest one I've heard or the most impactful was a Anglican priest who was retiring, um, he was, I spoke somewhere in North Queensland, and he said, I'm re- retiring next week, and I have never heard this message about pornography. And I was exposed to it when I was six or seven from magazines. So this guy is 70, and he just wept and wept. So many men weep. And he said, if I, and he was an Anglican priest. Mm. This has affected my marriage. I have two sons who are lost boys. Um, he And he said, if I would have known this message, this target on men and this way to get men to sexual brokenness and to fall in this way, it would have changed my whole life and my whole ministry and it would have helped my marriage. Wow. That's huge. Everyone wants to, they really want to talk about it. Some people come up to me afterwards and say, thank God I've been waiting for this for my whole church life, for someone mm. to come and say these things. Uh, and with respect, Cindy, how ironic that it would be a woman that we would be addressing this issue in church. Yes. And, you know, I, I suppose without throwing anybody under the bus, but this is an awareness piece to all of us listening to go, it doesn't matter what gender we are, this is an issue in the church and we need to we need to be addressing this. And, and men, if you're a leader in your church, can we encourage you to, to be bold and, and take steps in this area and create a safe space for your men to start talking about this because this is a huge issue. And, and Cindy, you know, we've talked about the the other effect of pornography, which is on our mental health as men. So let's quickly step into that space. Depression, anxiety, and suicide. I mean, these are things that a lot of men, particularly who have the shame of porn in the background, will be struggling with. Tell us about what you found when writing the book, Lost Boys, Bring Them Home, about the effect on the mental health of men who struggle with pornography and how it can lead into depression, anxiety, and and sadly for some men, potentially suicide. Yeah, so every young man I spoke to um, suffered depression uh, to one degree or another. Some had to have counselling and so on. 
but they all said that their depression was related to porn because they were enslaved by porn and that Mm. there was no way that they could see physically or emotionally or anything that they were able to be set free. So anyone who is in slavery or bondage to something, um, it would automatically create a depression and anxiety. And then life is hard. Life is tough. There's so many different um, challenges that we have in life and all of these things uh, would contribute to that. The other thing is, is um, that's not related to porn, but on top of these sort of things, if if you're struggling with some sort of addiction, because it's not just porn, there's um, addiction to gaming, there's addiction to, um, you know, even the gym. Mm. Young guys are just so addicted to things, that uh, you know, alcohol, drugs, all sorts of things like that. Um, if they are fed... Uh, a diet of nihilism, which they are in the public main school system and in the world and in all the narratives of the world, you know, the social media, the music and everything like that, it produces so much loneliness and they don't have a purpose to live beyond themselves. And I don't know if you know Viktor Frankl. I mean, he's passed now, but um, he was a Holocaust survivor and a Mm. psychiatrist. And he said that, uh, that everyone needs a why because if they don't have their why, they it leads to depression. And he saw that in the uh, the the camps, you know, in the prison camps during the Holocaust, that he would have to help uh, men in the prison camp get a why because um, if they lost their why, one day they just wouldn't get up. And they might have a cigarette in their pocket. They'd pull out a cigarette, smoke their last cigarette. No matter how much the guards beat them or anyone did anything, they they were going to die, and they did. And he learned um, he learned about how they need a why. And he had this quote. I wrote it down here. Life is never made unbearable by circumstances, but only by lack of meaning and purpose. And yeah. that is what the diet that the world is feeding our boys. And not just that, in the church, even though we don't give them that purposelessness um, message outright, Mm. they've learned that with all their addictions and everything like that, there's no freedom. Mm. Well, the the gospel has no power. And if if God can't rescue me, God can't help me, or there's no deliverance for me, what is the purpose of following well, there's a, there's a real lack of hope around that, isn't there? And and as we know, when people lose hope or we we come into a space of hopelessness, um, you know that that's a that's a very dark alley to go down, which which leads us, I suppose, to our final thoughts and fighting back. And Des, I know that you love this saying, and and this is a quote I think you put in the book, Cindy, from Mahatma Gandhi: "The truth is far more powerful than any weapon of mass destruction." The truth is far more powerful than any weapon of mass destruction. So when we when we think about leaving men in the space, obviously after the last two shows, Cindy, how do you think we as men start to fight back from a biblical, spiritual warfare perspective? We, we've talked about some of the things that are, we're struggling with as men that are coming against men and the reasons why. What do you think one of the one of the key things men can do to take responsibility in their own lives to fight this battle that we're in right now? Yeah, well, men need to be free. And if you don't have a personal testimony, if you are not transformed, if you are still 
tied and captive by besetting sins, whether it's pornography, whether it's other things, then you don't. we don't have a testimony. And so we really need a testimony and we need to show the world that we do have a testimony by the way we live, by the way we love our wives or our family, all of those sort of things. But you need to know your identity. I think that's really important. You can't know your identity with a kindergarten level of biblical knowledge. You can't fight any spiritual battle with the kindergarten level of biblical knowledge. Uh, you, you will lack discernment. You will lack power and the authority that comes with a transformed life and a life dedicated to God in holiness. I just think the word of God, even if you haven't got a good um, father figure or a male mentor or anything like that, the word of God, be mentored by the word of God. The Word of God and be mentored by some father figures too. And if you lack that in your life, uh, we encourage you to get in touch with someone in your church who you can perhaps start to um, to glean from, to to sit with, to uh, to have some wisdom from. And look, um, we've talked throughout the um, the conversations the last couple of weeks, and it is a, a overarching theme of momentum about men getting connected and having conversations. So can we encourage you to do that? Whether it's pornography or some other issue in your life that you're struggling with, do not suffer in silence. There are other men that would love to help you. And uh, if you feel like you've got nobody in your life, you can reach out to us at MomentoAustralia.org. And the number again for the care line, 1-800-000-MEN. That's 1-800-000-636. Our special guest the last few weeks has been Cindy McGarvey, National Director for Youth for Christ Australia. And we've been talking about Cindy's incredible book, Lost Boys, Bring Them Home. And as we've said throughout the last couple of shows, encourage every man to get a copy of this book and read it, devour it, highlight it, scribble in it, and let it change your life. Cindy, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show the last couple of weeks thanks so much for your time thank you so much you've been listening to momentum a show that helps men succeed in life for more information or to hear this week's show again go to momentumaustralia.org you can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at momentumaustralia.org until next time keep moving forward with momentum momentum